All right, I feel like I got a good word for you tonight. You ready for a good word? I would encourage you that I'm not trying to say that you always have to like what I say, but anywhere the, the word of God is spoken, you ought to receive. I don't care where you go. I don't care how basic, how complex it, it would be. The word of God um, is a two-edged sword. It's able to separate between the bone and the marrow. And we need some, some, some word of God separation, don't we? We need the word of God to work in us. And I just encourage you, as you sit down, maybe you've got a problem going on in your mind. I just ask you, uh, you know, Joel Osteen's always real good to say, you know, he has a statement that they make before every service. And I just encourage you, when you sit down, that you pray and say, Lord, what I need to receive tonight, let me receive it. Whatever may be hindering me from, from, uh, from your word coming into me and changing me, Lord, I ask you to bind that. You know, if you can have the best radio in the world in your car, have the best radio or TV or whatever at home, but if you don't, if you don't turn it on, you're not getting anything out of it. Not going to be a song play through that radio if it doesn't get turned on. And that's what I encourage you. When, when someone steps into this pulpit, when you step into this uh, into the sanctuary to worship the Lord, you need to get turned on. Turn off everything else and turn on. Lord, I want to receive. And you'll receive. How many knows if you come looking to receive, you'll receive? Every time. Every time. All right. We have been talking the last two weeks about the source of God's abundance. And, and I think I may can finish it tonight. I'm going to really try to hurry. I've re- I'm really pre- in pretty good shape on time tonight. But uh, um, it's really, um, really kind of heavy on me. The source of God's abundance. Um, I, I don't know if you have, like me, have been under a lot of teaching where it's can get kind of out there on um, God's provision. And uh, regardless of whether it's been taught wrong or right or whatever, God's provision is there for us. And we don't have to turn off and think, I don't need to receive anything from the Lord because that's just wrong. Well, let me tell you, that's wrong. We need to receive from the Lord. My God's a good God. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, my provider. And what I need, he supplies. Something that I've been trying to pray over the last few weeks, Start, you know, uh, starting with uh, the first of the year, praying over things, as Joe McGee said, write it down. And I keep praying and keep praying. And what keeps coming to me is that he supplies my every need according to his riches. That wasn't in my prayer. And I'm a very regimented prayer. My kids, when I pray for them over uh, at night, it's the same prayer every night. They can repeat it and i'm pretty bad to get up in the morning and pray the same prayer but the lord keeps saying to me wait a minute i'll supply every need every need according to my riches his riches so let's turn on and realize hey we are supposed to receive in this relationship amen all right We've been looking at the words having to do with abundance. And I kind of went into a little bit of teaching on the meanings of those words so that we can kind of grasp what this word abundant means. And then we looked at the first two of the five basic principles of God's abundance. Number one, this is all from the last two weeks. His promises. His promises. God's provision is in his promises. These promises are provided for us 
in the word of God. His provision is in his word. Amen? And then next, they are our inheritance. You know, inheritance is a funny thing. You can, it can be willed to you and it can be put in your account, whatever it is. But if you don't go get it, what good is it to you? It's our inheritance. It's what we are legally, we have legal right to. It's like when Joshua, do you remember what God said to Joshua in the promised land? God said, everywhere you place your foot, everywhere you tread is going to be yours. The promise was there, but what did Joshua have to do? He had to tread. He had to walk. It didn't just happen. They had to go take it. God provided. Now, the third principle tonight is the third principle is the promises are the expression of God's will. Now, I don't want to get too deep on you, but this this is good. It's how it's. uh, Can I say it this way? God's provision is his love language. He loves to provide. It's his character. It's who he is. He's the provider. So when he provides, it is an expression of what he desires. Isn't that good? It's a lot, y'all, it's a lot better than y'all are reacting to it. God never promised anything that wasn't his will. We need to understand this important fact. You, you know, you guys, most of you know, I've got a son. And let's say I tell him, his name's Pete. And this didn't happen. This is just hypothetical-ish. If I say, Pete, I want you to go out and clean the garage. I want you to sweep it. I want you to get it good and clean and get it organized. Whatever is out of place, get it put in place. And when you get done, I'm going to give you $10. He reacts. I'll take that deal. I'll go do that. So he goes out and he does a good job. He works He works himself very strongly. He cleans up. He knows just how I like it. He goes and he gets it exactly that way. And he comes and he says, Dad, I'm done. I want my $10. What would you or what would he think of me if I said, I never meant to give you $10. It wasn't my will. How would you react? How would he react? You'd write me off as an unreliable, undependable person and as a failure as a father. And you'd be right. If I said it, so is the same way with the promises of God. When, suppose we discover a promise that meets our need and we go and we obediently fulfill the conditions that God's laid down. And then we come to him and, he's, and, and he will never tell us, Yeah, I did promise that, but I'm not giving it to you. It's not my will. Never, never will he say that. It's inconsistent with who God is. It's inconsistent with the nature of God as our heavenly father. In fact, Jesus himself assured us the very opposite. In Luke chapter 11, everybody, many of you know this verse. Verse 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit 
to them that ask. We see then that the promises of God are the expression of his will. And we know God's will. When we know God's will, we can pray with confidence. It says in 1 John chapter 5, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence that we have in God. And the Greek word for this word confidence literally means freedom of speech. And it was very important back in the day, back at, back with the Greek people. One of the things they fought for in democracy was freedom of speech. Sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? Still being fought for today. So the verse could be read, this freedom of speech we have in God. The implication is the confidence needs to be expressed in what we say. We need to have confidence in what we say. It's not enough to merely believe in our heart. We have to confess with our mouth. Romans 10, 9 says, if you'll believe, if you'll believe in your heart that the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth. If you believe, it's not enough and confess. You can sit here and you can believe all the all the the um, principles of uh, handling your money. But if you don't walk them out, nothing's going to change. You can know that if you plant tomato seeds out in your yard, you'll get tomatoes. You can go buy the seeds. You can go till the land. But if you don't put the seeds in the ground, you're not getting tomatoes. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Let's continue right here, just for a second. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, what? He hears us. He hears us. Now, let's keep going. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have. We have the petitions that we have asked of him. All successful praying revolves about, revolves around the knowledge of the will of God. Did you hear me? Successful praying. You want to know how to successfully pray? Pray according to God's will. Once we know that what we're asking for is something according to the will of God, we know we have it. Not that we're going to have it, but we have it. Did you catch that? If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have petitions that we have asked of him. Look at it this way. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I was praying this Sunday morning over a situation and it lined up exactly with God's will. And I looked the person in the eye and I said, I want you to know this is God's will. We are lining up exactly with his kingdom, with his authority, with his word. Now it's time that we believe what we're asking for. If we don't believe, we're just wasting our time. Whatever things you ask for, believe that you receive them and that you will have them. When do we receive? When you pray. 
When do you receive? When we pray, the receiving is in the present. It's now. We receive now the actual experiential outworking of what we have received. The you will, where is it? You will have them. Is often in the future, but if we do not receive now, we will not receive later. The teaching of Mark eleven twenty four exactly agrees with what we just read before in 1 John 5. In each case, the lesson is we must receive by faith at the very moment we pray. Hang in there with me. It's all going to come together. We must boldly express our confidence that we have received even the, before the thing received is actually manifested in our experience. Do you see that when you pray, we have to believe now. When you pray, believe. Many of you have come up to to pray with me and my wife before. And one thing when we're praying for healing or we're praying for breakthrough is I usually will try to get you to thank him right now. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. Regardless of whether I feel it, regardless of whether I see it. Lord, I thank you. What is that? That's faith. That's praise. That's the way we enter into the courts of God. Is by thanking. The, the, the hard part here is to, is to get it to click. I do believe in the grace of God. I do believe in the mercy of God. I do believe in the word of God that you could come down here and may not completely get it. But by speaking it and coming even under my authority as the pastor of this church, the Lord's going to do it. How many of you know that the obedience of a child doesn't, they don't always have to understand it. But if they do it, they receive the blessing. They may not have totally gotten it. God knows our mind is not on his wavelength. But he also knows that even though we may be teetering, I don't know, but okay. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. I I believe the power of God comes. But we must believe now. Do you remember? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you received them and you will have them. One of the devil's favorite tactics is to get us to put off into the future, what we are to supposed to receive now. Many times when you're on your way to appropriating God's blessing, the devil resorts to the same tactic. You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say no. He knows better. He knows that if we come in here praying according to God's will, a no isn't something doesn't click with that. What he says is, look for it tomorrow. You're not going to get it today. Don't even say it today. You say it today and it doesn't happen. The pastor's going to think you're a quack. People are going to think that there's no God. So I'll just wait. Maybe it'll show up tomorrow and then I'll say it. No, we got to say it before we see it. That's faith. Saying it after you see it's not faith. We got to say it before we see it. We got to believe it before we see it. 
But if you will believe when you pray, you'll have what you're asking for. As long, now wait, catch this, as long as it's according to God's will. Well, is your healing according to God's will? Yep. Is your provision over your finances according to God's will? Yep. Is you being an overcomer over addiction according to God's will? Yep. God's will. I'm, I'm ready to pray for all that. I had a couple, they're, they're here tonight, that came through as over the Patriots and the Jets over who was going to win. And the husband loves, I'm sorry, you're probably going to, don't, don't get mad at me. But the husband loves the Patriots, the wife loves the Jets. And she's like, I was like, oh, are the Patriots going to do it? She goes, wait a minute, I'm a Jets fan. And I'm like, I don't know that I have the faith to pray for that. I literally said that. I'm sorry. I don't believe I have the faith to pray for that. And sure enough, as I sat there and watched the Jets beat the Patriots, I thought, somebody's rejoicing at home. Somebody isn't, but somebody is. Came in tonight. God can do anything. Jets beat the Patriots. Patriots 14 and 2. Look like they're just going to kill everybody. Goliath went down. Pretty easily. A lot easier than I thought they'd go down. Now, if the Jets can beat the Patriots. No, oh, okay. When you pray, believe. And you know what? Sometimes you may not exactly be there, but speak it anyway. That's faith. That's faith. And keep speaking it until you believe it. How many of you have ever tried to forgive somebody and it doesn't take the first time? You did the right thing. You've come up to the altar. You've, you've prayed, have people pray over you. And then by the, by the next night, you're ready to go up there again. You pray with me again. I need to forgive them again. And you're ready the next week. I need to pray again. But you know what happens? As you continue to give that to the Lord, he takes it. He took it the first time. We just couldn't quite let go of it. But when you keep saying, Lord, I believe for my healing. I believe for my healing. And down deep, you may not quite quite get it, but you are speaking according to his word. What happens when you speak? You hear. What happens when you hear God's word? Your faith grows. You start to believe. Next thing you know, God ha- God can do it. What does scripture say is the accepted time? It's now. People often say today is the accepted time, but scripture doesn't say it that way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. When? Now. God lives in the eternal Now, when you meet God, it is never yesterday and never tomorrow. God is not the God of I was, nor is he I will be. Who is he? He is I am. I am. Not I'm going to do it. Not I was going to do it. I was not. That's in the past. Nope. I am. That's such a deep statement. I am that I am. Leads me right into the fourth, the fourth principle. 
his promises, our inheritance. It's his expression of God's will. And then uh, number four, all of God's promises are now. Everybody say now. Now available to us through Christ. As a basis for this principle, if we look at, uh, we're going to look here in just a minute, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It's a key verse for, let me give you a big term, di- dispensationalists. People who relegate nearly all of God's blessings and provisions either to the past, the apostolic age, or the future. Somehow figured out some way that it's not for us now. There's several different versions of this verse, but let's look at the New King James. It says, for all the promises of God in him, Jesus, are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God by or through us. Whatever translation you use, there are always these key words. First, all the promises. Not some of them, but all of them. Second, what does it say? All the promises in him are not were, not will be, are. Can you catch the timing? Are yes and amen. He says yes and amen to his promises now. At this moment, now. Third, first, what was it? All the promises, all of them are in him. There's only one channel through which God makes his promises available to us. Jesus. Only one. Remember back in the day when we didn't have cable, all we had was 2, 4, and 5, and PBS. And when the president was on, the knot was shot. Well, when it comes to the provision of God, they only come through one channel. Jesus. Only by Jesus. And then finally, fourth, we said all the promises are in him to the glory of God. Now, I want you to catch this. Every promise that we appropriate in the will of God glorifies God. That one's got to sink in. What does appropriate mean? It means take possession. When we take possession of his promises, and when he provides according to his word, the provision for those promises, it glorifies him. Can you, can, can you grasp? I'm sorry. I, I, it's all I can do to not just almost just uh, bubble over. You know, like a soda, a two liter will when it hits the ground and it's got the lid on and you take the top off and it just. Well, what's what's so amazing is that when we tap into his blessing, it glorifies him. We were talking on the way over here about how we glorify what's the glory of God. Well, part of the way that I give glory to God is by accessing him. All the promises of God are for now. They are yes. He says yes and amen. Yes, I agree. They're my promises for you now to my glory. 
Somebody please glorify me and receive my blessing. The Lord loves to be glorified. I sound like an old timey Baptist preacher. I'm just not preaching hell, fire and damnation. Somebody tap into the will of God. And the will of God is for him to provide everything he has said over you. That brings glory to him. That was glory. That's exactly what that was. Do you know he heard that? This is so good. We glorify him. When we take possession of what he of our of our inheritance. Romans 323, everybody knows this for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There are different ways to translate this, but let me say it this way. By our sin, we have robbed God of his glory. How then do we repay the glory that's due him? One way is found in Romans chapter 4. In Abraham, it said that he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that he, God, has promi- had promised, he was all able also to perform. Let's go back. Let's read that again. Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. It pleases God for us to see him provide for us. How, how, much, how much does it mean when we, when we as parents do things for our kids and they receive them and they receive them appropriately and correctly? We didn't, we didn't give them a gift even though they failed in their obedience to us when we, when they receive a gift and they are, they are being as good as they know to be how good is that to give we still give gifts even when they don't act right but think about how much how much it how much it feels to give when they're you know when they're doing good God's so good, he provides. He he provided even knowing what I was going to do. He gave up everything knowing what a sinner I was going to be. He's so much greater than what we can even fathom. And he desires for us to, to, to tap in and to receive his provision. It's his character. It's who he is. He's desiring. We give back the glory of God. We give back to God the glory that our sin is robbed from him by believing his promises. The more we claim God's promises, the more we glorify him. And all his promises are now available to us through Christ. Finally, two little words that come at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Do you remember that scripture? For all the promises of God and him are yes and amen and amen to the glory of God by us. By us. 
It's not by the apostles. It's not by the early church. It's not by special Christians such as evangelists or missionaries or pastors or teachers or prophets. It says by us. Who's us? You and me. All the promises of God are now available to you and me through faith in Christ. Now, let's just catch this real quick as I close. You don't need all the promises of God right now. In fact, you couldn't claim them all in just one moment. But any promise you need that fits your situation is available to you right now. Let me sum it up this way. Every promise that fits your situation and meets your need and is according to God's will is ready for you now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. That's the fourth principle. All of God's promises are now available to us through Christ. Now let's finish with the last one. There was only five. Here's the last one. His promises are not, the fulfillment of God's promises do not depend upon our circumstances, but upon our meeting God's conditions. Now, just hang in there with me. When God gives a promise, it is not limited to your condition, your circumstance. It doesn't have to be easy for God for him to provide it for you. One common mistake is that we might say, uh, we're confronted with a promise of God. We say, yeah, I see that that's what God says, but in this particular situation it's just too much it's too much to ask and our faith wavers the truth is god's promises don't depend on the circumstances where we are circumstances make no difference you can be a hundred years old you can have a wife that's 90 and if god says you're going to have a baby son you're going to have one the world may say it's impossible That's not what God said. It doesn't depend on anything around you or in you. Nothing physical, nothing temporal, nothing in space-time world can change the eternal promises of God. That's the message. Nothing can change it. It's God's word. It's his will. It's his kingdom. It's why God so often allowed men of faith to get into some totally impossible situations. Why? He wanted to make it absolutely clear that no one could put their finger on it. It had to be him. You remember Elijah? And when he's going to sacrifice, he's calling all the prophets of Baal and said, we're going to have a contest. I'm going to call on God. You're going to call on God. What did Elijah do? Three times he went and dumped water on the wood. I don't know about you, but go try to start a fire with wet wood. Don't just take it maybe two or three days wet. Go wet it and wet it and wet it. So much so that water is standing all around you. You know, when when Elijah called down the fire, God had no problem burning up that wood. He had no problem burning up the water. What happened when the prophets of Baal started talking, calling down? They started cutting themselves and doing all kinds of silly stuff. What did Elijah say? Maybe he's in the bathroom. Somebody go check the bathroom. 
Baal. Here's my God. Just consumed this in water. Just consumed this in water. Think about the children of Israel. For 40 years, he fed them in the, in the, in the desert. He clothed them. He provided for them. And, and he guided some 3 million men and women, people, uh, infants, cattle, everything in the total barren desert where there was no water, no food, nothing except sand and sun. God went out of his way to make it difficult to show them no other provision could have come other than by God. It's so important that we must not let our focus move from the promise to the situation. Situation does not dictate God's promise. Can y'all can y'all get that? I'm, 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 this is where I'm ending. Your situation doesn't dictate his promise. When we focus on the situation and not on the promise, we will wind up doing what Peter did and step out of the boat and we're standing on water and then all of a sudden our focus changed to the situation and what happens? We start to sink. We can't get hung up on the situation. His promises are not are not dictated by our conditions. They're not dictated by our situations. They're yes and amen. His promises, our inheritance. God's provision is in his promises. The promises are our inheritance. God's promises are the expression of his will. All of God's promises are now available to us through Christ. And the fulfillment of God's promises do not depend upon the circumstances, but upon our meeting God's conditions. Next time we're going to look at how Scripture evaluates the two opposites that we are studying. That's poverty and riches, lack and abundance. You may have come in here tonight and you have a need. I want you to know you need to, you, you need to come to God and to pray. You need to come to God you need to pray. And you need to believe. And we need to speak it out of our mouth. You may not see it right this second. But we need to speak now and believe in our heart that we are receiving right now. You know, it doesn't take a goosebump for you to have healing. Well, I didn't feel anything. Well, is that what's based on your healing? Do you have to have that? It's good to have it. I love to have a manifestation. We were talking on the way over here about a manifestation of the glory of God. I love to have that, but it's not necessary. I don't have to have that. God can heal me whether I feel it or not. God can have the, the, the goat going up the other side of the mountain whether I know it or not. You know, Abraham, when he was going up to sacrifice Isaac, the goat was on its way. Abraham just didn't know it. He thought he was going to have to sacrifice his son. He got up there and there it was. God's provision was there. Abraham's faith was there. Pray. Let us pray with you. I'll believe with you. I'm ready. His provision is here. Now. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for increasing our faith. Lord, I just thank you that I can speak to the mountain that stands in our way, be removed now and cast in the sea. And if we'll believe in those things that we say in our heart, we shall have whatever we say. Lord, I thank you that according to your will, 
Do you desire for us to be healed? Do you desire for our every need to be provided for? Lord, I just ask you for a release of faith in this church. According to your will. Lord, I just lift up this prayer list to you tonight, Lord. These people have called in in faith, needing help. Lord, over John Sum, over Tony Legg, over Rich Collin, over Kevin Shea, Jeff Habeth, Jack Gibbons, Kelsey Reagan, Andrea Gagne, over James Maxwell, over uh, Marie Dillon. Lord, I just speak healing in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus, according to your will. Release your healing power. Lord, I ask that you find great faith here, Lord. Great faith here, Lord. Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I speak your word. I I speak your word. I confess your word. Healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, just keep us safe. Is it supposed to snow? Lord, we just pray for safety over our families. Safety over our city. Lord, give us breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great rest of the week.